heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them, from the larger-than-life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to The Hero Show. My name is uh, Richard Matthews, and I am on the line with Dylan Hill. Dylan, are you there? Yeah, I am. Hi. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Glad we figured out the uh, microphone stuff before we got the recording going. Yeah. Um, so let me take a couple of seconds and just introduce you. It should be fairly quick. Dylan, you are a documentarian who works with cancer patients um, to help them build their bucket lists and tell their stories and sort of really help them out in the, you know, in uh, with with their cancer. So I'm curious, what is it that your, uh, your business is like now? What is it that you do? Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how you got there. Yeah, uh, a couple of months ago, my little brother came up with a hashtag that I think nicely encompasses what I'm trying to create, hashtag live for another. And that kind of hits two fronts. Um, really, it's just about trying to be a good person and trying your best and, and doing what you can to um, yeah, be a good person and help each other out. And so that's kind of manifested into um, a documentary series where I help cancer patients and I help strangers um, experience, you know, really hopefully profound and incredible moments, um, whether that's meeting a cheetah or breaking a world record, kind of the whole spectrum of fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. So how did, how did this happen for you? How did you get into the space of wanting to help cancer patients um, you know, check off their bucket lists. So. Yeah, um, so it was, a, it was a very personal experience. Uh, so in 2017, a friend of mine, we have been friends since elementary school. So, you know, since we were 10, he was re-diagnosed with cancer, originally diagnosed in fifth grade. And this time it was a terminal prognosis. Um, so the doctors gave him about a year to live. And of course, I was one of the first people he called and he told me that, he had that timeline and you know naturally hearing that is not an easy thing to hear and so i kind of slept on it thought about it for a little bit and you know okay if, if this is our last year you know if in 365 days from today i you won't be here with me let's make sure they're good days and so um we came up with a bucket list and essentially I, I dropped out of college and we started working on that bucket list and we threw together a really haphazard YouTube video and basically explained our friendship, our story and our idea of, Hey, we've got a limited amount of time. We want to experience something incredible. And we posted that and within 24 hours, <laughs> it had half a million views within a month. We were getting booked on talk shows. Um, we met a bunch of famous people. We did, um, the example I always give is backflips in a helicopter as a ridiculous experience. Just incredible moments that people helped make possible for us. And that became our life. And we try to keep up the momentum as best we could and, you know, try and tell like, okay, if we are um, meeting Danny DeVito, that impacted us in this way. And just trying to tell the story of how these opportunities um, we're deeply impacting us more than just like, Hey, here's a photo. Thanks for helping. But no, like, you know, the, these have been childhood dreams of ours, um, for the length that we've been friends. And eventually, um, you know, of course the, the timer was always kind of ticking and eventually we came up with, um, what we wanted to break a world record for number four on our bucket list was to break a world record. So we'd been thinking about it and eventually we decided we wanted to try and break the record for most bone marrow donor signups in one day because uh, my friend, he had leukemia. And so bone marrow 
donations were the way to beat cancer. And it was a numbers game. So we thought we would just increase the statistics until it worked out for us. <laughs> and um, so we came up with something called Lemons for Leukemia. It was a social media campaign we did and we ran that and we basically asked our audience, hey guys, help us break this record. And so we did um, and it actually ended up in total over 11,000 people um, signed up because they heard our story. And it turns out that one of those people that watched our videos, they were a match. So um, they actually were able to donate their bone marrow to my friend and essentially it sounds crazy, save his life. <laughs> and it was um, just as such an amazing experience that I thought, you know, there's still more stories to tell. We're not the only people who deserve these moments. What if we can create that peak and those amazing opportunities for other people? And so I've made it my full-time gig to um, try and continue telling those stories and making experiences like what we had possible for other people. That's a, that's an incredible story. Um, and it, it's made even better that it, it worked out to save your friend's life. And he said he's currently in remission. Yeah, he is. He's doing very well. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mentioned uh, before we got on the call, my, my mom's also in remission from leukemia. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a, I, I still remember the day I got that phone call, you know, it hits you really hard when they're like, Hey, you know, I've, I've got leukemia and yeah, there's, there's a pretty good chance I may not make it through this. Um, that's not a fun call, but here we are 15 years later and my mom's happy and healthy um, and in remission as well. So yeah. um, it's uh, been there. Didn't get right. to go meet Danny DeVito of because have. of it. But right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was definitely um, um, an uncommon experience. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. So, so tell me, how, how did you make this transition from helping your friend and creating all these cool experiences into, you know what, I think I could turn this into a, you know, a cause focused business, right? That's actually working to help and make a, make an impact on other people's lives. How did, how did you make that transition? Yeah. Um, so as far as like with our audience, the transition is, I'm actually kind of proud of it. It was a very incredible experience. Um, so when we found out that he had a match, we didn't tell anyone, um, like my, only my parents knew and his parents. And so we kept that really tight knit secret and essentially behind the scenes, we worked on um, a full fledged documentary explaining exactly what happened. And we even um, booked a screening at a local theater and we wanted to show people, we wanted to announce it on stage and say, hey, he found a match. We came up with the idea of, okay, what if we use that as an opportunity to say that it's not over? And so the, the name of our documentary was How We Lived It. And at the end of that, uh, almost kind of in like Marvel end credit scene style, we had Lexi, who's a girl um, with stage four sarcoma. We had her come onto the screen and say, um, now I'm living it. And we showed clips that we had already recorded of some of the bucket list items that we helped her with. And so it was an incredible experience of kind of a one-two punch to the audience there in, in the theater. And we said, hey, his life That's is awesome. saved, bam. And then, you know, we hit him with the left hook. Also, it's not over yet. We're helping other people. Um, but as far as like that decision, it just seemed we, we were always very um, grateful, of course. We never really felt like we deserved this. And it was always weird to experience what we experienced. And so I think the natural conclusion, the natural response to that was, let's give it to someone else. You know, as, as all these gifts and opportunities were coming to us, uh, it just seemed natural to to say, hey, we can share this, you know, like <laughs> you, you as a community have given us hundreds of once in a lifetime moments. Of course, we can spare 10. And so let's figure out how we could do that. Um, but yeah, you know, and, and it really we didn't really think about it much. It just kind of made sense. And so we we went for it. <laughs> My next, my next question for you is just in line with the um, the. One of the things we talk about on the show all the time is that the world is really, it's run, um, it's made go around by entrepreneurs, by people who are willing to figure out ways to, um, to, you know, improve their lives and improve the lives of those people around them by coming up with products and services that help serve other people, right? That's, yeah. that's a, sort of how we define a hero in, in this sense. And it's really interesting to me that you're, you're using um, storytelling as a service to help 
people to defeat cancer, which I think is really cool. Um, so I'm curious in your business, like as you know, as the 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 entrepreneur hat of here's what I'm doing and here's how it's going to you know both you know pay for me to put food on the table and help people defeat cancer. What do you think your superpower is, right? What is it that you know you really are are offering this world? That's a very good question. Um, I think that it's definitely not a lucrative business, right? <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, 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 it's not going to make you a, uh, you know, a yacht buying, uh, yeah, I, definitely not. There's a, there's much more fulfillment in my case than, than that. And that's something that's been really hard too, is like, okay, this is incredibly emotionally stimulating, but sometimes reality hits. And so that has been a struggle. Um, as far as I think like the business model itself, gives us a lot of opportunity and that's just monthly subscription. So people mm -hmm. are really passionate about what, what we say. And so they're willing to support us monthly. And so that really helps. That means that we can uh, kind of work on things behind the scenes, maybe save up for a couple months and do something big. And that kind of works with, with how I'm, I'm pushing through this and how, why I focus on this and like you, like the superpower, I think, is I'm just not afraid of my ridiculously stupid ideas. <laughs> like, like um, I think a lot of people, you know, they have an idea and immediately they say, oh, that's not going to work for X, Y, Z. Um, well, you know, I had the idea of dropping out of college from my friend and I've experienced what the payoff can be. And so now I, I know that when I have those big ideas, many cases they are ridiculous and in some cases they are stupid but they can lead to incredible things and so i i just try and give it a shot anyway um you know in some cases it's not possible to give it a shot because my ideas are a little too big but i like to try and, and just go for it and uh, you learn a lot that way you know and i think that part part of what we say in the storytelling is is that experience is that hey, we're going to try this. <laughs> it might not work, but we're going to try it. Here's what we learned. When it does work, here's how that impacted us. And so just a lot of, you know, kind of giving things a try and, and just doing your best to keep your head up when it go doesn't go well and reflecting on when it does go well, reflecting on how important it was to have experienced yeah. that and done that. I think it's a, it's a really powerful lesson a lot of entrepreneurs have to learn is that the, uh, you, have, you have to take the step, right? You have to do the thing um and not talk yourself out of it because yeah. you know what what is what is that uh that pithy saying you you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah yeah right and if you take if you take some of the shots you'll hit them and in your case you know doing backflips and helicopters and breaking world records you know if you never took the shots you never would have taken them and it ended up actually leading to saving your friend's life which is um incredible right and oh, you know yeah. i know i've I've experienced a lot of the same things in my business where it's like, uh, you know, I dropped out of college to start a business. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, asked my wife to marry me out of, you know, we hadn't even been dating, right. We just, just, a, and you know, it's 10 years later now, or going to be 11 years actually tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the, uh, like you, well, thank you. Yeah. But you take the shots and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but, um, you have to, you have to just go for it, um, and make something happen. Oh yeah. Yep. There's a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah. One of the things my dad used to tell me, um, was if you wait until you're ready, you'll never do anything. Yeah. Uh, there's so much prep, you know, uh, things are yeah. hard. And so you, you try to plan it all, <laughs> but then you realize, Oh wait, but I could do this. And then you're always looking yeah. for the next so checklist item. Sometimes you just have to go out and do it. And the process of doing things actually makes you ready for the things that you're doing or what's actually going to come down the pipe. So it's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. when it comes to, uh, to growing this type of a business, right, where you are, because um, if I'm understanding the business model correctly, you are, um, and just, you know, for our listeners, so they understand sort of what, you, what it is you're doing, you have um, a, a series of videos that you're, you're doing that's probably being supported by viewership, like maybe through Patreon or something like that on YouTube. Um, and the content is working with cancer patients to help them achieve bucket list items. Is that, is that sort of like the yeah. 30,000 foot view of the business model? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty spot on. 
<laughs> cool. So, um, and I actually think that has, it might just be a, a um, you're, you're at the beginning, you know, 10 years from now when you've been doing this and you've become famous for it, um, you might be a yacht buying celebrity. Um, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, um, it, in terms of like right now, when it comes to growing this business and actually doing the work on a daily basis, the other side of your superpower, right? The, you know, the ability to just take the shots when they come would be the fatal flaw, something that you think is holding you back, right? Just like Superman has his kryptonite. What do you say something that's holding you back and growing this business and growing the impact that it has? Um, and how have you been dealing with that? Yeah, that's something, um, just the concept of trying to understand that has been a big struggle. Um, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of, of bumps in the road. And so I've been trying to understand like, okay, um, you know, of course, most of it is chance, uh, bad luck or whatever it might be, but what aspect is, is my doing or how could I have anticipated it or responded better? So I've been thinking a lot about that. I think really because it is a small business because there's not a team of people, you know, 30, there's not 35 people working on this. It's, it's a very um, closely aligned between my, my personal, thoughts, motivations, opinions, and what the story we're telling or, you know, how we're communicating it, all those different things. And so I think a big thing for me is just having people is being almost insecure of my ideas in a way, which is almost the same answer as my power because I have really big <laughs> ideas and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do this. But then, you know, of course, because they are big ideas, you start to think, okay, is this something that can work out? And you really don't, you kind of miss it in a way. So like one thing that happens to us a lot is there's a lot of moments that happen behind the scenes that I think are really pivotal to the story that we're telling. So I always tell people when I'm working with like contractor videographers and things, we're not just a team at Make-A-Wish, right? We're not making a marketing video. The fact is I met you a week ago on Craigslist, but you're willing to help out here. We're strangers, but yet we're coming together to do something incredible for someone else. And that's what we need to capture. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes in that way. A good example is um, we recently held a fashion show for Lexi, the girl we've been helping for the longest. She wanted to walk a runway. So I said, you know what, we're not just gonna get you on some random runway. We're gonna produce our own fashion show. And there were a lot of incredible things that happened on the stage, but there are even more interesting things that were happening behind the scenes. Because we like to surprise her, um, we didn't tell her what was happening. And so she didn't come dressed wearing the right things. And so in the middle of the fashion show, we actually had to run her across the street to buy some jeans so that she could match the outfit that we had for her. And basically, you know, my, my weakness in that case was I was so stressed and just so worried about the, the big idea, which was the fashion show that we didn't capture that silly moment, the behind the scenes. And so I think just people, I, I, the, the potential impact of the story I think is lost sometimes because I do just do things and I don't plan mm -hmm. it in the right way. I think there's a balance to be had there. And I think I'm leaning a little bit too far one way. So my curiosity, just in light of that, is in a, for, for, from a business perspective, you have a customer, right? And you are, um, and you have your product. And I'm curious, and you're like, how do you think about that? Do you think of your Patreon subscribers or your viewers as your customer? And the people that you're helping are like the product that their story is the product that you're you're serving to your customer or do you think of your the people that you're helping right like lexi um, and your friend as the customer and the storytelling is just like a benefit that you're the people who support you pay i'm, I'm just curious like what the mindset is yeah i personally and from a business perspective i see the the videos the content as the most important thing um so I, I would say that that would be the product and the customers would be the people that watch it. Uh, you know, some people watch it and they don't support us financially, but just having those people there, they help us. It's a unique dynamic that I don't think a lot of businesses might not. Yeah, they don't, have to, they don't have. have to deal with that. Yeah. But these people that watch, they might just be an eyeball, but that eyeball is the person that could retweet something. And then like, that's how we met Danny DeVito, a certain somebody took a, our photo and then tweeted it at Danny and that's how we met him. And so we have this, you know, it's not just like the financial 
customer. It's also the community aspect of it, which is like a really weird dynamic, but it, it helps this weird like snowball effect that we need to continue growing and then get, you know, the more people that are just watching and sharing and engaging, the more people, the more 1% of people contribute financially. And then we can go to Hawaii and we can tell an incredible story of, of Lexi going to Hawaii and then we can create better content. And it's this really interesting dynamic. Um, so maybe it's because I dropped out of college and I don't completely understand <laughs> the dynamic, but also I just think it's a, yeah, it's a really unique model. Um, but without the financial support of the people watching the content, it would definitely not be possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm curious. I'm curious. The, the, it's, it's an interesting model that you're going to have to, you're, you're going to have to like really play with how you grow it. Right. Cause it's, it's, it's not something that, um, it's not like going to be receptive to direct response marketing where you could just like advertise it and get more sales like that kind of thing, right. like a normal business could do. It's almost like you have to rely on, on the organic growth of what you're doing um, of people saying, Hey, you guys should support this and whatnot. So it, it's like a, it's almost like a blend between like a non-for-profit and a, <laughs> like a regular business. Yeah. Like a traditional business. Yeah. The model that has kind of stuck in my mind is sort of small production studio models where, you know, mm. if you go to, if you go to a large studio, they have money in the bank and they just pay to make content that way. If you go to a medium studio, they have the context to um, call somebody up and get a million dollars in investment. The small studios, they have their audience, they have their community, and it's a really sort of integrated um, experience where, you know, you're not going to necessarily make a financial return, but you know that this small production studio is going to create something that affects you. And so looking at, you know, like um, small studios like that, and most would be producing movies and things like that, but it's kind of similar to that where traditionally if someone were to engage with the business it's because they get value out of it our value is less of a physical product less of a convenient service and more of um i mean there are physical perks but largely it's sort of like the emotional value the the fact mm -hmm. that a lot of people they contribute to us because they they appreciate the two-way communication the candid communication and just in the same way you would donate to a charity they donate to us because they can see what's happening and they feel involved. And it's, it's, it's sort of like a 50, 50. It's almost like paying to be a part of something, <laughs> which, which still doesn't elaborate the model, but yeah, yeah it, it's unique. It's fascinating. And I still don't completely understand. You definitely have something, uh, you have something cool going on. Um, and it has, it has, it has the uh, makings of one of those things that you feel like could be a cultural force as it grows. I definitely wish. Yeah. That's a big thing. I think one thing that I've been trying to communicate more through the content is the fact that like, I'm not some profit. <laughs> a lot of people, they tell me how like inspiring I am or incredible. Hey, that story, that's so brave of you. And what I try and communicate is like, I'm no better than you. Like you're sitting at home, maybe in your boxes right now watching this video, but just because I'm hanging out with a cheetah doesn't mean you can't do that. Or just because like, I'm the one showing me help a cancer patient, this could be you in front of the camera. You gotta believe in yourself, you know, and, and you gotta just go out there and do it. Actually, the video I'm working on right now, <laughs> we, Lexi wanted to visit a children's hospital. That was one of the things on her bucket list. And that in itself has a beautiful story. You know, she had people come into her and that was an escape opportunity. And so she wants to reciprocate that to the world. But we put our twist on it and we actually went to um, GameStop and we spent $10,000 at GameStop buying a whole bunch of consoles. We took, um, I think it was like 22 Nintendo Switches and Xbox Ones. And we got those and we took a couple of those items to a children's hospital with Lexi. So Lexi was able to dump this bag of video games on this kid's hospital bed. And he was able to pick out which games he wanted. And then we left them there and, you know, made a donation to him, which was incredible. But in that video, it's a challenge. We're challenging our audience. Literally the challenge is, hey, email me, tell me your 
phone number and address and we will coordinate a visit to your local children's hospital. So you just saw the payoff of what Lexi experienced. Let's do that in your town. And I'm offering to fly out to these people. And of the 20 video game consoles that we have, let's donate them to, I'm in California, we can go to Florida, we can go to Georgia, right? Like all these places. And um, let's do this together. Let's, like you were saying, like uh, this is, it's, it's not just watching something like we can really do can this make together. Yeah. yeah. And just, just cause there's a screen between us doesn't mean we can't experience something this deep, you know, <laughs> at least that's the idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it works out. It, it sounds like it'll work out. So I'm going to move on and talk a little bit about your driving force, right? This is the thing you fight for, right? Just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or, you know, Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information. What is it that your company is is fighting for? Yeah, a lot of people, um, there's kind of two, two sides of the feedback spectrum. A lot of people, they like I was saying, they say that I am uh, like Mr. Rogers or something and I'm entirely wholesome and doing this for the betterment, betterment of society. The other side is people who tell me that, um, you know, I'm pointing a camera at me doing these things for validation um, and to show how cool I am and things like that. I, I wish I was one, either one of those sides, but really it's sort of like this, this really complicated In the middle ground. Yeah. Where, and, and a friend of mine said this a couple of days ago, it's really stuck with me. We make content not to be noticed or validated, but to be heard. And I think that's what drives me. I think that, like I was saying, like, I'm a normal guy. And honestly, like I would consider myself a little bit below average. And as a kid, like I would watch YouTube and I would watch all these people online and the internet, these screens were sort of a community for me, you know, and, and it was my way to communicate things that I couldn't communicate to my family, to my friends, to my peers. And I'm an introvert. And so this is sort of my bubble. And so I think I want to tell people that, Hey, like, you can do this in a way. When I was a kid, I would spend a lot of time on like Googling um, how to find out if a shirt fits or what's a good haircut for my face, things like that, where like I would use the internet to try and improve myself. I kind of want to see ourselves as that, as, you know, if someone's going through a time in their life where they don't understand who they are, what they're supposed to be doing, maybe we can provide the answers. And I think that's what drives me forward. I feel like I've learned a lot and I want to communicate that. So it's somewhere in the middle. It's kind of greedy, but at the same time. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting is if it, was, if it was entirely just you wanting to be Mr. Rogers and cool and pretty and happy, um, that you wouldn't have the monetization abilities to actually like put together an audience and then spend $10,000 on video games and drop them on a kid's bed at a right thing so it has to be in the middle in order for it to, to do what you're doing yeah and we've met with like a lot of um people who run charities and sort of like um just people that you know they're like hey you should be a charity and then when i explain things like that they realize why that structure wouldn't work because we couldn't mm -hmm. i i don't care how good of a salesman i could dream of being there's no way i can convince a board of people that we need to spend ten thousand dollars <laughs> like it's part of the beauty, video I games. think. Yeah, I think part of the beauty is just the ridiculousness of, of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of that has to be self-motivated. Um, so like this map yeah. on the wall, this is a beautiful example of that. I was recently uh, dumped, going through a breakup. So I came up with this idea of a lot of people, they make this particular content where they throw a dart at a map and they, they travel to that location. I came up with the idea of, okay, what if I throw a dart at a map? I go wherever it lands, but I can't leave that place until I achieve two things. Number one is to make a lifelong friend. That's a super personal goal, right? I'm being selfish in that regard. I want to, um, I want to work on my own things to achieve that. Number two, I want to change someone's life. That's like the exterior goal. I want to be able to go to a completely new place and be able to, to help someone else. And I couldn't convince a board to pay for a flight to, um, don't want to spoil it, but where I'm going. And 
Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's this nice combination of, like, I do want to have an, a positive impact on strangers and people who need it, but at the same time, what if we can use that to improve my very flawed self, <laughs> you know? And yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know how, I don't know how you got dumped when you're doing the kind of things you're doing, but you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's, it's definitely been a question of mine, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we all, we all go through those things. Yeah. Um, so I actually, uh, um, that's one of the uh, bucket list things I'm currently working on in my life is uh, we're, we're hitting all the states in the U.S. Um, we're currently on, uh, in our travels, we're on state number 22, I think. Oh, nice. You're so, almost halfway there. Yeah almost halfway there so yeah we've been traveling for two and a half years and i'm sitting outside the puget sound right now and uh i can throw a rock into the i guess it's the ocean right yeah what's your <laughs> favorite anyways, place yeah, that's, been so far um a couple of places i am in love like head over heels in love with yosemite i okay. could stay there forever and ever um amen like it's it's like another world that you could just you could go and visit um and I don't know if you've got any of the people in your list that have Yosemite on their bucket list. We took Lexi not, there last year, actually. You convinced them. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyways, Yosemite is on my, my list. And then I, as far as like little towns, I really like this area up in Washington, like around the Puget Sound. And I really liked a uh, um, little town outside of Houston called Conroe, Texas, which is mm. really cool. Okay. So, Interesting. Um, and then Southern California is my hometown area. So like I grew up right. in Temecula. And that's, okay. I love that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit about some practical things, um, like some actual tools and stuff that you're working with. We call it on the show, we call it your hero's tool belt, right? Maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer. Or maybe you just really love how you organize things in Evernote. Some of the, the practical like tools you use to make your product and your your um in this case your storytelling a reality is it you know particular camera gear calendar software something that you just you couldn't live without to do what you do i wish i was organized so i can provide like a <laughs> like an actual tangible example but i'm terrible at organization um and i guess i'm glad i brought up the breakup because that's introduced like a whole new dynamic for for how i deal with things and how i manage this I think that um, with, with the things that we're producing, there's room for the ups and downs. And I think that's really important for me. One of the things we try and communicate is that like, you're not always gonna be really happy. There's times where you're gonna be really sad, but what you need to do is pull to that middle ground where when you're really sad, you can acknowledge the ups. And when you're really high, you acknowledge, hey, this isn't gonna last forever, let's appreciate this. And I think that that's something that like keeps me going. That's something I draw upon a lot. Sometimes it's hard to do that, but I think just um, what I've been trying to use as my, you know, I guess my superpower recently, or my magic tool has been drawing upon like what I've accomplished when it's really, when things are getting really hard or you're feeling like you can't do something. I think what I've been doing is looking back and saying, we, literally saved someone's life with our crappy YouTube videos. Like it is, it's incredible. And, and so right now I'm upset that um, I'm having trouble editing this particular section, but we're going to figure it out. Like we've done this before. It's going to be okay. And so just, I think motivating through past experience is really big to me. And then also imagining the, the end goal. With my ideas, it usually ends up as, oh, that's a really big idea. Let's just throw stuff at the wall and, and tell it works. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just keep going. Eventually it'll work. If not, we'll use the failure for another idea to work while we're continuing to try. And um, yeah, I think just, just forgiving and, and just being patient. Like I said, I wish, I wish I used Google Calendar and could call upon that. <laughs> it's much deeper than that, but that's the curse of being a storyteller, I guess, is you're really stuck in your so, head. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the process of uh, working on a book about our travels because we keep getting asked to tell our story about what we've, what we've done. Yeah. And one of the things I keep coming back to in the storytelling process is, and I'm just, I just, I'm going to ask you this because I'm curious your opinion, um, is the, uh, 
um, this idea of contrast, right? You mentioned the times when you're really high or when you're really low. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed that I really, really like about the traveling lifestyle that we live, right? And a lot of people have, you know, the reason they want us to tell the story is they're like, we want to live vicariously through you, right? And that's sort of what you're doing, right? You're helping other people, you know, live and have a cool impact by the stories you're telling. And one of the things that's really keeps coming up again and again, um, when I'm trying to write the story is the idea that, um, is that contrast is what makes life interesting, right? So if you are ever doing photo editing or video editing, one of the things that I know as a professional photographer is you look for contrast, right? right. Light prices right. in the photo and dark places and, you know, textures, differences in texture and all, you know, all these things. That's what makes a photo interesting. And what I've noticed is that that translates directly into what makes a life interesting, what makes a story interesting is the contrast between you know, when one day you are sliding off of a waterfall in Yosemite into a 40 foot pool with your kids and jumping off of cliffs and the next day you're sitting on the side of the road crying because you're, you know, your engine broke down and you're just, you know, you're mad at the world kind of thing, right? Yeah. Th that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's the, the contrast between one and the other and the contrast between things like today's just a normal day, right? We're just sitting down and having dinner and going through our normal routine and doing those things. Um, and like normal days that everyone has and other days are, you know, you're out on a ferry, you know, driving the Puget, you know, the Puget Sound and seeing whales, right? Like there's, there's that, that contrast that makes your life interesting. Yeah. And I'm curious if that's something that you, you've noticed in storytelling is how important having the whole slew of experiences, good, bad, normal, you know, um, affects the storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's probably that's like the biggest thing for me honestly i think is that contrast there was this one this one video i'm really proud of um where i was walking on stage to accept an award on behalf of um basically an award because we had broke the world record it was from the bone marrow registry and so they flew us out to minneapolis and they played this video of our story and then they called us on stage to accept this beautiful glass award sitting over there and I was walking on stage and I started to talk and I couldn't even get one word out. I just broke down crying because it was so intense. And, and these people on stage with me and the people in the audience, they, they all kind of assumed that I was emotional because of the story with my friend. But what was kind of going through my mind and the way I communicated it in the video was that this is a really high, this is incredible. I got a standing ovation in front of hundreds of people for what we did, but what they don't see is all the things that were happening in the background. And so mm -hmm. practically in that video, I cut between me on stage crying for a very long time and not giving my speech at all. And then cutting between these clips of like these moments that were kind of, in that case, they weren't downs, but they were the contrast of that. They were just these almost like simple, pleasures these these memories that were way less complex they were way less extravagant but i was contrasting it between them visually and that's something that i constantly think about like when we're going through this incredible moment let's look back and you know when did we feel differently than this and how is that different than now and and those moments are impacting how we act right now and so you know you explaining your concept of contrast i completely agree like that's that's what makes it interesting yeah that's what makes it worth telling i think yeah it's and it's it's an interesting thing as a storyteller is to figure out how do you how do you tell the story of that contrast right in my case i'm working on a, writing it right and figuring out what parts of the story actually are important um and how do you um can you know because if it if if i just went you know from high to high to high to high like that's not reality and it's not, it's not an interesting story and it's yeah. not the way it plays out either. Um, and I, I think as storytellers, sometimes we have the propensity to just want to be like, Hey, you know, uh, at least with social media, social media has this idea of like, you know, social media is this cool front that you show everyone. It's all the cool stuff that you do. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we get to, uh, you know, we compare our insides to what everyone else's best, like, you know, future, what, what the best look, you know, the best look is. So as a storyteller, we have to like combat that natural tendency to want to just show only the best stuff. It's really interesting um, that you say that because for me, I have the exact opposite is I really want to dwell in the downsides. 
Yeah. So like, it's, it's hard for me to communicate and appreciate the ups. And so that's something I've been super struggling with is just like the, when I'm feeling down and I feel like I need to scream, why don't I feel like I need to scream from excitement when things are good and like balancing that conversation and that story through the videos. So that's really interesting that there's our contrast. <laughs> uh, there's our contrast. Yeah, yeah. One or the other. So random question, just cause I'm an Uber geek in this stuff. What's your favorite go-to camera right now for your filming camera? I have the Canon ADD, which is great. I've been re working with a friend of mine who has the Panasonic GH5 and that is really good. <laughs> Excellent. And it went on sale today. And I'm telling nice. myself that I don't need it before I make a purchase. <laughs> we are, uh, I'm currently, what you're looking at me through is my Sony a6500. Um, okay, nice. Is the, uh, the camera I've got hooked up as a webcam and I'm like, I'm geeky enough. I've got it HDMI stuff hooked up and running into the USB port of my computer so I can use it as a webcam. Nice, yeah. Um, so just so you know the level of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> photo geek you're talking to but my my current favorite camera that i'm using to film a lot of our stuff is uh the dji pocket have you seen that oh it's the one that has a like the gimbal yeah. thing yeah little gimbal i think i might have it sitting here in my in my desk of things maybe not though Those um, but so yeah it's a it's a little tiny thing it's like this big yeah. and it's got the little gimbal on it it films like 4k video not that i film in 4k because you know i don't have enough hard drive space for it but <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, my big camera, this one, I find that I don't bring it with me as often. So I don't film as much with it. Um, yeah. and the, yeah. the pocket I'll keep in my pocket and actually I film a lot more with it. So I'm curious as a documentarian, do you find that you have to convince yourself to bring your camera on a regular basis? Or do you have like specific times that you set out like, Hey, we're going to go document things. So you bring all your gear, um, and like, how do you capture some of the more, what would the, uh, what's the, the word like the candid. Can, candid moments if you're always prepared, right? Yeah, you bringing that up, I realized that that is 100% my weakness. I, I honestly, like there's a lot of insecurity that I have with filming. I think a lot of the negative feedback we've gotten has, has kind of brought me down where I feel like, hey, we shouldn't be recording this or, um, it's detracting from what's happening in real life. And so I forget a lot. And there's, there's so many like beautiful behind the scenes moments, whether that's me doing something that's totally ridiculous for the sake of an event happening, or that's, um, you know, Lexi reacting behind the scenes or things like that. I always forget. So I'm really good at like, okay, guys, you know, the event's happening, turn on the cameras. This is what we want to get. This is what we're trying to say. But I, I've been, I really want to get better at that. And so like, I have actually been looking at smaller cameras and things that physically I feel less disturbed, like less of a, it's more candid. Like you can kind of just pull it out and you know, not everyone like suddenly goes and, and looks at it. Yeah. So I would, I had the same issue. And I'm not doing quite the same high level of stuff. It's just my family and whatnot. But I've noticed that with the little pocket camera um, and this, you know, I got four kids. And one of the things that happens when you pull out the big cameras, they all stop what they're doing and put on their big cheese smile and just. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. Because, because it's a big camera and, you know, you're supposed to look at it and like whatnot. And so you miss out on a lot of the candid like stuff that you want to actually record. And yeah. so with, with the little DJI pocket, um, it's really easy to just pull it out and you have nice, you still have the nice cinematic like feel and look to it. Um, but nobody notices you have it. Um, and if the kids don't notice you have it, you know, that means no one noticed you had it because <laughs> yeah. the kids notice everything. Right. Um, so, so anyways, that's a, um, definitely a worthwhile thing. It's only like 350 bucks too. So it I might be a worthwhile, worthwhile addition to your, your filming things. Yeah. Oh yeah, I will. No, I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. I've been like figuring out how I can get better audio on the GoPros because <laughs> I have two of them, but that might yeah. Be so the DJI, um, you can, uh, they've got a little three and a half millimeter adapter that plugs into nice. the bottom of it. Yeah. And so you can put the lapel mic on it, um, okay. which I've been using for like little selfie cam style videos, or you can put a little shotgun mic on it. I have a little miniature. <laughs> it's like a little tiny one that you nice. plug right into the bottom. So you can use yeah. it as a shotgun mic. There you go. Um, so yeah, 
it uh, it totally works. And it's not like a huge setup, like even with a mic attached to it, the whole thing like would fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah, I would definitely keep yeah. that in mind. That's cool. The usual will be right back. Are you tired of trying to write webinars that don't consistently convert? How would you like to have a webinar that effortlessly created sales in your online business? You can. Introducing the Webinar Alchemy Workshop. Webinar Alchemy Workshop is an online masterclass that will help you write incredibly persuasive webinars for your online courses quickly and easily. Using what you learn in this class, you can build a webinar that educates your entire audience while still creating sales. For a limited time, you can purchase this masterclass for only $7, and you'll get the exact framework I've personally used to help my clients sell more than a million dollars worth of online coaching and training just over the last year. Simply text the word ALCHEMY, A-L-C-H-E-M-Y, to 444-999, and I'll send you all the details. The music is by Purple Planet Music. Visit www.purple-planet.com. And now, back to the show. So, move on a little bit and talk about your own personal heroes, right? So, Frodo had Gandalf, Luke had Obi-Wan, Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who were some of your heroes? Were they uh, real-life mentors, speakers, or authors, peers who were just a few years ahead of you? And how important were they to the uh, success and the storytelling that you've accomplished so far? That's another thing I've been really... um really struggling with for like a long time is understanding who those people are for me. And I still don't know, but I know that um, a couple months ago, I watched an Apollo 11 documentary. It was used, Mm -hmm. uh, I used footage, real footage, like super eight and eight millimeter footage from the actual um, 1969. And I think everything about going to the moon, anyone involved with that is my hero, (laughs) which isn't necessarily a particular person. Like I don't follow Buzz Aldrin or anything, but just it's an example of just these, these people in many cases, strangers of this community that just went for this absurd idea and they kind of weren't afraid. Um, I mean, I'm sure they were terrified in many ways, but, (laughs) but it, it just brought so many people together. This big idea brought so many people together. Um, and that documentary especially is so beautiful because there's so many like, so many people with just like home cameras that the footage got restored. And it's so, it's really candid. And you see the astronauts behind the scenes putting their gear on. And you realize that there's so many small moments from so many random people that comes together to make these big ideas so impactful. So not necessarily a person, and I wish I had a person, um, but just things like that, where it's like, holy crap, you, we as a human race, we did it. <laughs> and, and it was beautiful. The, uh, the, the power of an idea acted upon. Yeah, exactly. The payoff. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, is that something that, that you, you, like you're striving to achieve with your, your storytelling is maybe not getting the human race to the moon, but the idea that, you know, you can, uh, um, you can really have world changing impacts on people's lives when you tell their stories. Absolutely. Uh, one, yes. <laughs> one example. The, okay. So actually we tried taking Lexi to a children's hospital, uh, like a year ago and the day before we were supposed to go, the hospital canceled. And so we'd flown Lexi in from Ohio we're like, oh crap, what do we do? You know, <laughs> we are here. We can't take her to the hospital. What do we do? And so we actually ended up running to Target and we got um, a little poster board and we went to Krispy Kreme and got some donuts and we just wrote free hugs and free donuts. And we stood outside and we gave out free hugs and free donuts. And we were able to tell the same story of Lexi wants to give back, but in a different way. And it was, it was beautiful because it was, hey, we're going to go do this thing for Lexi. It's going to be amazing. Oh, they canceled on us. That really sucks. But let's keep going. And so we had a bunch of really incredible moments with strangers where, you know, they're going through finals or whatever they're going through. They got a hug and a donut, which was incredible. But there was this one guy who um, came by. He said, hey, can I get a donut? And we're like, yeah, you want a hug too? He said no. He continued on his way. As we were leaving, like three hours later, he walks up again and he says, hey, um, you know, I was here earlier and I think I really want that hug. Yeah, dude, here's your hug. Let's do this. And he's sort of backing away from the hug. He explains that yesterday, the day prior, his wife had left him. And it was this really intense feeling 
there and hopefully people felt it watching the video where you realize that your life is going through these ups and downs. Um, you know, we are going to help this cancer patient go to children's hospital. Beautiful. It didn't work out. That sucked, but we kept our head up as best we could. And because of that, this guy got a hug <laughs> and probably and arguably one of the most important times of his life. We were able to do that just because, you know, we worked on our own personal things and we just kept it going and we all kind of just built off of each other. And it, you know, from his perspective, I'm sure it was beautiful. From our perspective, it was beautiful. And, and I want people to know that, like, we all got stuff going on guys and it sucks. Nobody is happy, but let's be medium together. <laughs> let's do it together. Is, let's is, be medium together. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, have you seen that uh, TV show on Netflix, The Good Place? I haven't. No, it's on my list though. You should definitely watch it. Um, ba basic premise is, uh, you know, they're going to heaven. And so you've got the good place and you've got the bad place, which is hell. And then you have the medium place, which is like right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like if you didn't, if you didn't do enough to earn going to heaven, then, uh, then any, but you didn't do anything bad enough to earn going to hell, then you can Just live hang in, out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you hang out in the middle place. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, um, I won't give you any of the spoilers because it's uh it's wonderful. But the yeah. uh, anyways, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> right. So let's just all be medium together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so let's let's bring it home for our listeners and talk a little bit about your guiding principles, right? So what top one or two principles or actions that you sort of follow regularly that you think contribute to the success of your uh, storytelling endeavors? That's uh, yeah. I read these questions beforehand and I felt like I had an answer, but. I don't know. Like, really, I don't like anything I would say would be cheesy. Um, again, it's like the whole concept of, I wish I was in this world just we're for myself. We're talking about people as if they're superheroes. The whole premise is cheesy. That's the point. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> that, very good point. I would say, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just this constant struggle of, you know, why am I here for myself? And how do I make sure this is fulfilling for me? And if I were to die tomorrow, would I be fulfilled with what I did? And then what I learned, can other people learn from that? And it's this balance of like, okay, every single morning I wake up, I do something for one of those two things. I either want to make sure that if I were to die right at this moment, people would remember me the way I would want them to remember me. And I want to make sure that I would be satisfied that whole nother blend of like greedy, but also not greedy. And um, yeah, super deep. I, I wish it was like money, <laughs> but. That's, that's the way capitalism works though, right? The, uh, um, I, don't, I don't think people understand the, the basic premise of capitalism mm -hmm. is, is essentially it's, uh, it's forced altruism, right? That the, the reason why we do what we do is because of self-interest. But yeah. the only reason the self-interest works is because we're doing it in service of others, right? We're, we do whatever right. we do in service of other people. And that's, that's why capitalism works the way that it does, right? Because the only way that you and I are going to enter into a transaction, you know, in the, in, in the example of your business, someone is going to, to pay you for the privilege of being entertained and being inspired by the stories you tell. And that's a voluntary transaction on their part. And the same thing it's a voluntary transaction on your part to uh to put that together and because it's voluntary both ways like they wouldn't they wouldn't do it if it was bad for them and you wouldn't do it if it was bad for you right, right. you know if <laughs> um but when when there's a little bit of there's there's that uh the positive part for you of how i'm going to be remembered and who i am and you know the the kind of person that i'm going to be plus there's also the financial benefits that go along with that and there's the uh the recognition and stuff that goes along with it. And there's also the impact, right? The impact that it's having on the third parties. So I don't know, it seems like a, it's a capitalist dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, there's a lot to it. And I think it's, it's been incredible. And I use that word a lot, but it really has been. <laughs> I use the word awesome a lot. So, yeah. you know, I Sometimes think if, uh, if people. That's all you need. Like that's, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> So the, uh, one of the last things that we do on the show, we do it every time is, do you have it's something I call the hero challenge? Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? You know, and, uh, why do you think they should come share their story on our 
um, on our show. I've been, I might be biased because I've been spending a lot of time with filmmakers, um, but here locally, Sacramento, I live in Sacramento, California, which is about seven hours away from LA, the hub of, of film production. So there's this really interesting dynamic of if you want to create movies and content, you can go seven hours away and you can be in the Mecca. But there's a lot of people here right now that are kind of going against that. They don't want it to, they don't want to produce movies for the traditional reason. They want to make things because they have things they want to say. Um, so I guess like when you ask that question, I think about the people nearby that have this weird blend of following the traditional route, but also they're doing their own thing and they're telling their own stories, uh, which is totally biased to my recent, <laughs> my recent schedule and stuff. But um, yeah, I just think it's really cool when uh, people try something new and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> so do you, do you have a, a particular filmmaker in mind that you think we should, uh, we should interview and bring on the, uh, bring on the show? Yeah, I got a I got a friend named Chris and a, and a guy named Drew. I'll probably let them know about the show. And and both of them, um, they're they're yeah they they definitely have things to say and they're trying to do it in a way that's not the cookie cutter way. Yeah, that makes sense. That'd be really cool. Um, we have not. You're our first filmmaker on the show, so you know that's uh it'll be interesting to have and, some have yeah. more people in this space. Yeah, they are much more filmmakers than I am. I think that is giving myself a little bit too much credit, but. <laughs> You, the fun. product that you produce is documentaries, which are films. That makes you a filmmaker. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, something about like, I mean, most of our videos, I'm like vlogging. So it, mm. it, it, to, in my mind, it's like, okay, this is a little bit, <laughs> this isn't quite film. It's not quite cinematic, but you're still, you're still, uh, you're still doing those kind of things. So yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show, Dylan. It's been really, it's been a pleasure talking to you and getting um, and sort of an insight into what it is that you do and how you do it. Um, for those of us who are, you know, who are watching this show, where can they go if they want to, you know, keep up with what you're doing with Lexi and your other couple of people that are going on now? Where can they watch your documentary with your friend? Um, and how can they support you? Anything, anything you want to do to help out or anything you want to learn is at our website, onelistonelife.com. That's everything spelled out, one list, one life. And on there, there's the free option of support which is just subscribing and keeping up to date with, with the stories that we're telling and watching them and seeing the videos, which like I said, is hugely impactful because we need people to be a part of, of this experience. There's also the ability to um, contribute monthly. So anywhere from five to, if you're crazy enough, $200 a month, you can do that. And you know, of course that has the ability to, to pay for what we're doing. And in many cases that means paying for flights, but really in my mind i would love for that to pay for a camera guy an audio guy because there's a lot of beautiful things that are happening when you put people like us who care about telling stories with someone who has an amazing story and and i want to get better at, at uh, kind of bridging that gap and saying things <laughs> and uh, yeah you can you can do all of that at our website and, and there's plenty so of that's about, uh, about. you said it was one um one story one life one list, one life. One list. One list, one life .com. Yep. And just out of curiosity, how much, um, how, how far are you from being able to hire a camera guy and an audio guy from like monthly, uh, monthly subscriptions? That's a um, contract. We do it. Um, so when we have an event, we pay people to come out and film it. As far as like a full-time person, uh, I don't think there'd be enough value to pay for it would have to be someone who has multiple hats, I think. Um, and yeah. with that, I would say our average monthly subscription is about $17. Um, so, you know, if we hired him part-time, whatever that math is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you need a, need, need a, a couple more, couple more subscribers, a couple hundred more subscribers and you'd be able to uh, bring someone on full-time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and there's people I know that would, that are eager to do it as soon as they have an excuse to quit working at the restaurants yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that they work well, at. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully. I, so my, my audience at this point is not very large. Your audience is probably larger than ours is, but maybe you'll get a couple more subscribers out of this. Hey, um, it's, just, it's and, just nice to talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, do you have any words of wisdom to those, um, the people on, on our, uh, 
on our show who might be listening. Final final thoughts? Just go for your crazy ideas. You know, you might save somebody's life in the process. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's something that you've actually done. So that's really <laughs> cool. Um, again, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you.